did my best to like pay my respects and pay wherever I could and ask a lot of questions and you know just really spend time getting to know them and really know like the 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 traditions that they have growing up as a Filipino in the Philippines because I'm like mm-hmm. this is so different for me What's up, Take It To Anywhere fam? Trizzy here with Leah. We are two voices, two views, and two ways to adventure anywhere. Yes, and today we have a very special near and dear episode. Well, first of all, it is my birthday. Happy so, birthday. I, thank you. I love that release day falls on my birthday. I'm 30-something. Y'all don't need to know what. 30 something though. And it's a perfect episode because this is one I did with um, Alpaca My Bags and it was a heritage episode. So we talk a lot about my time in the Philippines, growing up Filipina in the US and not really feeling connected to that culture. Mm -hmm. And then finally going to the Philippines as an adult for the first time. And surprise, my dad and my stepmom were able to join me. So I got to spend time in the Philippines right before the pandemic happened in 2020. Half of it on my own traveling there, which was amazing. Got to meet so many locals, so many foreigners as well. And then part of it, I spent about 10 days with my family, which was near and dear with me because, you know, parents aren't getting any younger. So I was excited to be able to do that because who knows when I'll be able to do that again. And we really dig deep into what it all meant. And that was my first time in the Philippines was only two years ago. So this episode was a lot of fun. I got to reminisce a lot and it was heavy at some parts, but more with like the heaviness of realizing how much of this culture I missed out on when I was younger and finally being able to experience and enjoy it and understand it as an adult. Nice. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, I wasn't a part of that episode (laughs) because I have, I'm Chinese um, but my parents were born and raised in Vietnam. They're full Chinese. Uh, I have been to Vietnam, but I have not gone to China at mm-hmm. all. So, and then Vietnam, as if you've listened to our older episodes, you you were there when you were a lot younger. Yeah, and more obnoxious and immature. <laughs> and we didn't even like traveling back then. <laughs> yeah. But if I were to go back now, it would definitely be in a different perspective. And I'll feel what you felt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you speak your parents' language. That's the Mm -hmm. big thing. I don't speak Tagalog, which is one of the national languages of the Philippines. The other one is English. Mm -hmm. But I don't, you know, I think it's different when you, and you'll hear this in the episode, it's different when you can go back and speak the same language. Whereas... I don't speak any Tagalog, so it's a lot different for me. I look like them, yes. I mean, albeit a little bit taller, a little bit wider. But the second I open my mouth and you hear the accent, it kind of changes for Mm. you. Sad to say, but it happens everywhere you go Yeah, when you're traveling. Yep. Well well put. Well put. Um, All right. Well, let's share our coffee and tea for this episode. Oh, yeah. So I can start off with my delicious coffee that I'm always drinking. But today, we have a very special bag from Umaga Coffee. Umaga in Tagalog means morning. So Umaga Coffee is based out in Bakersfield. And of course, they are a Filipino-owned local small business highlighting coffee and beans from the Philippines, which is not... Philippines doesn't export a lot of coffee. That's not one of their big trade items. Mm -hmm. So it's very rare that you can come across coffee from the Philippines but they do a great job of it out in Bakersfield California yes. uh their kids names on the bags and they also sell 
and ship Filipino desserts and pastries. Mm. And any Filipino business, I am just so proud to support. So I'm drinking Umaga coffee beans today in my coffee. Nice. Mm -hmm. So for my tea, it's more of a remedy tea. And um, it's in this mason jar. (laughs) Because it's brought from the Philippines. It's ginger tea. It's powder. Yum. So it's good for the, the throat it's really to good. coat it if you've been talking all day, screaming all night, whatever, <laughs> feel a little soreness in the throat. So that's what our beverages Sweet. are for this episode. Yeah, cheers to you, Trizzy. And we hope you enjoy this episode on heritage travel. Hey there, it's Trizzy and Leah, your hosts for the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. We created this travel podcast for you, who's just as obsessed with exploring the globe as we are. We each travel a different way and even have different work schedules. But every episode, we aim to widen your worldview, inspire you to consider a destination near or far, or learn from others. With us, you can adventure from anywhere. Keep in touch with us on social media at Ticket Number 2 Anywhere Podcast. Remember to connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Never miss an episode by subscribing to Ticket Number 2 Anywhere Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. And hit subscribe to follow our visual podcasts on YouTube to keep up to date on our channel. If you find value and enjoy our episodes and special guests, please rate us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to us and helps others find us easier. You can also leave comments or reviews on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. Be sure to search for Ticket Number 2 Anywhere Podcast. Take a screenshot of the episode you're currently listening to, share it on your socials, and tag us. Or send this episode to a friend if you think it'll be helpful for them. And if you'd like to support us by monetary means, you can do so by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash ticket number two anywhere. It's not even like sad, emotional, or like things I wouldn't want to talk about. It's just almost like, oh my gosh, I've waited so long for this moment, mm-hmm. this trip, and it's here, you know? So yeah. um, it's like good memories, <laughs> good yeah. emotion. Okay, so. good. <laughs> okay, so to get into our chat about what it means to travel home, mm-hmm. I wanted to start by asking you about what the word home means to you. Um, Because I feel like there's a really literal sense to the word. Like my home is this apartment that I live in, in Mm -hmm. Toronto. But there's also a more abstract um, word for home, I think, which to me is kind of like a feeling. And it's a little more transient, I would say. Um, Like I didn't grow up in Toronto. In my eight years living here, it's definitely become my home more so than the city I grew up in, which is actually Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's funny because I don't think of Toronto as my only home. Mm -hmm. I feel really at home in Orillia, which is where my parents live. It's a little town north of Toronto. And I also feel like a bit of my home is in the Netherlands, just because that's where my heritage is from. And I've also spent time living there. Yeah, so that's sort of my lowdown on my thoughts on the word home. And I wanted to ask when you think of home, what do you think of? First off, I love that you have several different homes. That means, you know, you've made um, yourself comfortable and felt loved in multiple places in the world. So that's really cool. But for me, I really do think Los Angeles as a whole is is home, like Southern California is home. I was born raised and even educated here and in between every travel stint I come back to LA 
So, I mean, people have a lot of things to say, <laughs> to say about LA, but I love it for its own reasons. And I do think it's easier, you know, if you're a native, you, you know, the ins and outs of it. Um, everywhere I've lived for an extended period of time. So that includes Argentina, Peru, Colombia, and Australia. I do consider those, um, home as well. I mean, I was there for either only a few months to a little over a year, but those places all definitely have a chunk of my heart. So mm -hmm. my parents are from the Philippines. They immigrated, um, you know, from the Philippines to the United States. So I don't actually, I'm first generation Filipino American. I don't actually consider the Philippines home. And after my parents, it's been almost 45 years since they've lived in the Philippines. So I don't think they consider it home either. But mm. one day I would love to, you know, either become so immersed in the Philippines, keep, tra keep traveling back there or, you know, buy property there to the point where I can actually call it home. I do, I am proud of the fact that it is where my parents are from, but I don't think I can technically call it a home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to get into that a bit more because yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of feel the same way about the Netherlands. And I'm actually like curious about the fact that you say your parents might not even think of the Philippines as home in the same way anymore. Mm -hmm. Just because like, and I guess when I think to my own experience, a lot of people are shocked when I, I don't identify much with the city that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And it's just because I never liked it that much. And I left yeah. like yep. years ago. But I always thought like, if you had a home in another country that you would always still feel that connection to it, which I'm sure they do, mm -hmm. but maybe not feeling it as though it's home. I don't know. That's curious to me. Yeah. I think, you know, it's so interesting because they came at, like my dad joined the Navy, the U S Navy, and they were only taking a bunch of select Filipinos to come over from the Philippines mm. to the US. So he was kind of, I guess, one of the chosen ones. And that was his ticket in the 70s to get out of the Philippines when a right. lot of Southeast Asians countries were going through, um, going through a lot of whatever it was, political warfare, uh, civil unrest and whatnot. So that was kind of his ticket out. And even when they came, they met, actually met in the US. They didn't meet in the Philippines, my parents. Mm. And when they got here, they actually both gave up their Philippine citizenship. So to me, it was like all these things that happened in their lives that like, really, I'm like, wow, you really didn't want to be there anymore. Like mm -hmm. you, you got out, you brought your whole family to the US, you gave up your citizenship, you found jobs here immediately, bought housing here five, 10 years later. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just, it's, it's so interesting. Home, I think for them is definitely, it's definitely California now. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. I get that. You know, my grandparents did the same thing when they came and I, cause I've always sort of begrudgingly been like, why don't I have Dutch citizenship? Right. And my mom has always said it. Oh, it's because your grandparents like gave up their passports <sighs> when they came because they really wanted to commit to being Canadian. Mm -hmm. um, but also I just oh. have to go back to your comment about loving Southern California and LA <laughs> because I have the same thing with Toronto where mm -hmm. a lot of people in Ontario kind of hate on Toronto but I just every time like every time I've gone traveling for an extended period of time mm -hmm. I can think and remember the feeling of coming back to the city and just feeling this like warmth as mm -hmm. I like go back into the center of Toronto because I just like there's just something I love about this city so much. 
I think people hate on big cities, Erin, to be honest. Yeah, like, I can't tell you, even on my travels, people hate on any... It doesn't matter if the big city is in Africa, South America, Europe. It could be the best big city, and yeah. there will still be a group of people that hate on it so yeah, much. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was curious about how many Canadians are third gen, um, which is what I am. My grandparents mm-hmm. immigrated here, so they were first gen. My mom was born in Canada as second gen, and then I came along. Um, so according to Statistics Canada, as of 2018, 60% of Canadians are third gen or more. And yeah, I was surprised by that. And the other 40% are first or second gen. And mm-hmm. I was even more surprised by that. Um, I thought the figure of 40% first and second gen was interesting because that's almost half of our population mm-hmm. that has very recent ties to another country, culture, yeah. or home. Um, so I know that your motherland is the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a bit about your familial connection to the Philippines and how that connection has influenced your life growing up in the U.S.? Yep. Yeah. So my mother has seven other, sorry, six other siblings, and they came over here in pairs along with their parents, uh, my grandparents. And that was in the early 70s. And now all of my mother's side... Uh, resides in Southern California. It's crazy. We're all within like a two hour radius of each other. So it's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really nice. And then my father's side, um, yeah, like I said, he made the cut into the U.S. Navy as one of few Filipinos. And then he was able to bring his family over one at a time. And he's the oldest of four siblings. So he brought them and his parents over. And then my parents actually didn't meet. They met in L.A. They didn't meet in the Philippines. So They've been out here. Um, one of my aunties on my dad's side moved, uh, they live in Montreal, actually. So, yeah, they're Canadian because, you know what's interesting, Aaron? They went to wow. Canada because Canada would get them jobs and citizenship 10 years faster than the U.S. could. Oh, honestly, I think that's yeah. still true because I oh, think you can get citizenship here faster. <laughs> America, 100%. it's hard. It's hard to get citizenship mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I Montreal's do have one amazing. family. I live yeah. there too. It's a great city. <laughs> um, yeah. And so honestly, all I have in the Philippines as far as extended family is is like cousins of cousins. My stepmom's whole entire side of the family is still there. She's the only one that came to America actually back in like the 70s. So as far as a lot of like immediate family and first cousins, most of them are in the U.S. and Canada, uh, mm. distant family. But I feel like Fili- like Filipinos, we're this kind of culture where everyone's a cousin, everyone's an auntie, <laughs> everyone's an uncle. So when I go back, it's like these people aren't technically like my blood, but it feels like they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so. get that because actually like all the family I have in the Netherlands now are pretty like distant family Mm -hmm. like cousins of cousins and such but for some reason the connections between my family here and them are very tight and I wonder if it has to do with like the distance thing that you just Mm -hmm. maintain that connection um just to maintain like the connection to the home country I'm not sure but yeah Mm -hmm. um So I know that growing up um, in my house with my parents, uh, there was a lot of Dutch language and food and traditions that were part of my daily life. And my mom definitely put a lot of effort into teaching my siblings and I about the country that her parents had come from. Um, It was very clear that my mom 
had a lot of love for the Netherlands and wanted us to be raised with that same love. Mm. So that heritage was definitely part of my identity growing up. And I would say it still is. Um, how did your Filipino heritage factor into your cultural or national identity growing up? Like, did you feel Filipino in your day-to-day -day home life? So this is an interesting question because I think in retrospect, I would say no, which is kind of crazy considering, um, you know, I'm a first gen Filipina, but I'll tell you why my parents split when I was very, very young and my mother remarried a Caucasian white man, my stepfather, who I love very, very much. And so I essentially grew up in a half like Caucasian household. So uh -huh. there's only one parent implementing all the traditions yeah. all the language, which I don't speak any Tagalog. I barely understand it. I can understand if there's context clues, right? Yeah. So um, I feel like the culture is really lost on me and my siblings, to be honest. And to add to that, I grew up in a predominantly white town. <laughs> uh. So um, a lot of culture shock came to me when I moved down to Long Beach and went to Long Beach State for college. And it was like, wow, so many other types of Asians in the world. Like, this is actually embarrassing to admit, but like, I'm not afraid to admit it. This is my reality. Like, I was so blinded to, I guess, the diversity growing up. Like, I, I knew, obviously, I'm like, I look very different. But the traditions that we kept in my family were pretty subtle. Mm -hmm. And to us, because we were still children and this, you know, it was normal to just take your shoes off in your house. Also, why are you wearing shoes in the house? Shoes are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like little things like that, that we're just like, this is normal. Like, why doesn't everyone take their shoes off in the house? Or like how we have like a special greeting in the Philippines as a sign of respect. You like take your elder's hand and you like put it on your forehead and it's like a sign of respect. And so we did that growing up. We said hi and bye to everyone in the room. Um, you know, we ate the lechon, like the, the fried pig roast for every holiday, every occasion. So small kind of almost like non-noticeable traditions and then when I became an adult and started realizing that I missed out on a lot of my Filipino culture growing up mm. um and it's it's you know there's no one to blame for it like my mom literally came from <laughs> the Philippines and was trying to like survive right and provide for a family so she wasn't really thinking she's like just raise them to be good humans like who care it, you know it's hard to mm -hmm. like kind of keep if she moved here it's like how how do you how is she expected to kind of keep the traditions of like where she came from if she was trying to leave and she left yeah. you know yeah so yeah. it's interesting and um I talk to her about it every once in a while but now as an adult I kind of go back on my own and figure out like what I've been missing what what could I have grown up in as far as like Filipino culture so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah but also I feel like there is a lot of pressure maybe I don't know if there's a difference between Canada and the U.S. but I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure to assimilate when you move to yes. a new country and like I know in some households that translates to not wanting to pass down the traditions mm -hmm. because there's a thought that like it'll make it easier for the next generation if they grow mm -hmm. up like fully immersed in like American or Canadian mm -hmm. culture um yep that was all the thing that's a, a lot of friends I have a lot of friends that are first generation Asian and that was a lot of the thinking a lot of my friends well in the Philippines is interesting because English is a national language so in the Philippines oh, so first and okay. foremost the fact that like a lot of people don't speak Tagalog is because they learn 
a lot of first generation, excuse me, a lot of first generations don't speak Tagalog or they only understand it or they only understand very little is because, because of like previous colonization in the Philippines, like they've been speaking English there for like 120 years. So it's Wow. not, it's, I know, I feel like it's, it's kind of crazy because it's, if you meet Filipinos, they're kind of the fastest to assimilate into um, a Western or North American culture, if you will. that is kind of just like the general like outlook on it is that we already speak a lot a ton of english there so um so yeah it's it's interesting i just feel like when you come to the us it's like okay now we can just finish the assimilation <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't know that I haven't been to the Philippines, so I didn't know that English was such a dominant language there. yeah it's most people speak it actually um except maybe like the much older people the much Mm older hmm. generations yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just have to go back to your comment about taking shoes off because it took me a second to register that because I was like, what? You are supposed to take your shoes off when you go in a house because yeah <laughs> thank that's you Canadian, I guess. <laughs> like is that in Canada, is that you canadian do that. Oh, yeah. Like you never keep your shoes on. that's amazing But I didn't know in the U.S. that you are supposed <laughs> to keep them on. You are. I think it's like the media no the media you know always like the movies people were always walking I was going around to say, with their shoes on. oh, it's true. They do Yeah. in movies. They do. It's very, No. it, yeah. If you come into a Canadian house, you take <laughs> your shoes off. You have um, to. that is a cool cultural aspect that <laughs> I didn't know about Canada. Honestly, it's probably because of the weather, right? Because in the winter, Oh, that's true. you wouldn't If you're, be walking around the house that's dripping true. You'd snow be trekking through. in like, exactly, ice, whatever's <laughs> melted and whatnot. That's true. yeah. That's true. <laughs> Um, so I know, especially from talking to other people that we've had on I'll Pack My Bags, that identifying with a heritage outside of the country you're born into can also complicate how you feel about the place that you were born. Um, so could you describe how you're, and sorry, I think I said Filipino before. Is it, is the correct way Filipina? <laughs> Mm -hmm. um i think actually that's a really <laughs> this is embarrassing i just I don't don't want to, I don't want to do it wrong, but. I think if you're if you're referring to the culture, Filipino is fine. Uh-huh. I think if you're referring Okay. to me, you could say Filipina, Filipina, but I'm not Okay. offended if you say Filipino, you Okay. know? Cool. Yeah. Just making <laughs> sure. yeah. Yeah. So could you describe how your, I don't, I still don't know which way to go. Filipina identity interacts <laughs> with or impacts your American identity or like I other think, connected yeah. or interconnected. I mean, growing up, I mean, I didn't, I feel like it didn't, it fused barely. And I feel that as an adult, I'm able to consciously weave it into my identity now, even though I've been, I was born and raised here. It's been, you know, 30 plus years. Um, so now I try to fuse it more so into my life by purposely learning about it, you know, and, um, kind of trying to work through all the generational trauma, um, work through all the cultural nuances and, you know, take what I can and what I love and infuse it into my everyday life. And, um, maybe if I decide to start a family of my own one day, hopefully like pass those traditions on, because I do feel like, because with the losses of language, the fact that my brother and sisters are here, like we've, we've lost a lot of it just by being born here and, 
and um, not speaking the language. And I don't want that to stop with just us. So I have a new mm -hmm. baby niece and I'm like, okay, she's a quarter Filipina. I'm like, that's enough. We're going to get you integrated into this culture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's much easier to, to kind of weave like my Filipino identity as an adult, as a kid, I didn't, you know, I wasn't raising myself. It was my mother raising me. So I just went by whatever, you know, mm -hmm. she, she wanted our lives to be like, and now I can actually purposely infuse my life with it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Are there things that you're doing like actively to infuse it back in? I read about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's even a couple groups that I've joined, like even something as simple as like a Filipino cooking group, just to like keep updated on the recipes. Mm -hmm. I bought my niece a little like first Filipino words book and I'm Aww. not even kidding. It's so funny. Like in a year or two, she'll be learning, but I will too. Cause yeah. I, I know like six words. <laughs> yeah. So, um, tiny little things like hanging around more Filipinos and noticing that, okay, these are the tra traditions and, and things that we had this similar growing up and, um, yeah, just going out and, and finding whatever I can do, you know, supporting Filipino business, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. just Amazing. wherever I can. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was 16, uh, my parents put me on a plane to the Netherlands all <laughs> by myself to go and meet my extended family, um, which actually is kind of, kind of funny to think about now because, like, I had never met these people <laughs> Mm. a lot of them <laughs> and my parents just put me on a plane and they were like they'll get you from the airport ship you <laughs> off yeah yeah <laughs> and um and actually it was the first time I ever got on a plane and it was also my first time ever leaving Canada um wow. so I remember that first visit to the Netherlands super well because it was such like a novel and surreal experience for me mm -hmm. I had been taught so much about the Netherlands and the culture and so finally being there I just remember it feeling weirdly familiar, but also foreign at the same mm -hmm. time because, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you've had this experience. I, I'm not fluent in Dutch, but I, I recognize enough of it that I could yeah. like understand some of the signs and read some labels and pick up little bits of conversation mm -hmm. and I could recognize foods and brands, but I couldn't really like participate because I didn't have enough of the knowledge to be able yeah. to. Um, and it's kind of a, it's a weird experience. So I was hoping you could tell us a bit about your first trip to the Philippines, um, how the trip came about and then how it felt for you going for the first yeah. time. Yeah, that's really cool that you went to the Netherlands while you were young, by the way, um, because I did not once until I was literally 32 years old head to the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And my parents had no interest in taking us back kind of crazy like they just came over to the U.S. with the wave of of Southeast Asians that were you know escaping that part of the world and in, in that time of the century so they really came assimilated and they're like didn't think to take their kids you know back to where they from where they're from because they were trying to leave it right so mm -hmm. for years and years I was telling my parents all right, let's go because I really wanted to go with them. I'm like, it doesn't make sense for me to visit your homeland without you. I want you to be there, you know, and, and show me everything, how you grew up and what you experienced and you can teach me things. And for years, it was always one excuse or another. <laughs> mm. So 
I finally told my father, I was like, hey, and actually my, my biological father, he goes to the Philippines probably every couple of years. My mom has him back in almost 45 years. But I finally told him, I was like, dad, um, I'm just going to go. And this was like end of 2019. I was like, dad, January 2020, I'm going to go. I booked the ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know where this is going. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, oh, okay. Um, okay, well, actually, I'm already going to be there. How about you? And then he starts rattling off all these plans. He's like, meet us at this wedding in Bacolod. I'll pay for your flights, buy a dress. I'll reimburse you for your dress. And we're going to go here, here, here. And I was like, whoa, all of a sudden, like, I actually make a move and you have all these plans already. So I was really excited because I, I was like, you know what? I don't know what tomorrow or next week or the next month is going to be like back in 2020. I said this. So I was like, I'm going to go now because if I am, this is always my mentality traveling. I'm like, if I die tomorrow, at least I did this thing today. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm just going to go. I'm tired of waiting for my parents because every year it's going to be the same. No, no, no. I can't go for whatever reason. So I end up going middle of January. I spend time there traveling alone, which was fantastic meeting other Filipinos, but also other foreigners, which I still love to do when I'm in a foreign country. And then I was able to spend half the time with my dad, my stepmom and her entire extended family out there. Aww. And it was just like a, it was really like a homecoming. Yeah. It was incredible. It was like what my life was growing up, but like amplified. Wow. And everyone was just like loud and loving and trying to feed you all the time. <laughs> and then we went out to like the provinces, which is like the rural, rural areas yeah. And it was raw. Like, there was no Wi-Fi in some of the towns we went to. There were just beautiful lakes and lagoons, and we were riding around on motorbikes and sandals. Like, it's just, this is not life back in the big cities of L.A. and Toronto, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It was very, and like, freeing, yeah. Did it feel kind of, I, I remember the first, like, it's been like this every time I've gone to the Netherlands since, but every time I go, even family members that have never met me, but just know of me, mm -hmm. I, I always feel this warmness because even if we can't speak the same language, people are just so welcoming and they just are like happy that yes. someone from their extended family has come back to the original country. Did yes. you have that same feeling? <laughs> oh, yes. I think it was... It was almost like, oh my gosh, they wanted to treat me kind of like a celebrity. I don't know. Sometimes Filipinos <laughs> have this fascination with like um, the U.S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a weird way, like our pop culture, right? It's, but it's, I mean, if you ever go there, it's seriously, Aaron, like infused into so many, so much Filipino culture that it's like almost hard to tell them apart, right? Yeah. But they, they really gave me the best love and treatment and took me out and make sure I was comfortable. So, you know, I did my best to like pay my respects and pay wherever I could and ask a lot of questions and, you know, just really spend time getting to know them and really know like the, the, the traditions that they have growing up as a Filipino in the Philippines. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, this is so different for me, but, yeah. um, but yeah, like definitely felt the love every Island that I went to just like you did. And I think family units, like I was, when I was listening to your story, like family units are just very proud of their families. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's beautiful. Um, I think that if you grow up second or third gen or first gen with cultural traditions from your motherland country, you can kind of build up an idea of what 
the home country is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know now, like I definitely had preconceived ideas of the Netherlands before I went there that were like simply based off of what my mom had taught me and the cultural things we did at home. Um, so I'm curious if being in the Philippines compared to how you'd imagined it or what you knew of it, like how did it match up with what you were expecting? Oh, well, it's, it is interesting because thinking back on it now, like throughout this whole conversation, very tiny things that I'm noticing are that I used to do that they still do in the Philippines. Um, but then my life kind of morphed into more of like a similar, you know, into the American everyday culture. Like, for example, I'll give you a small example. Um, we, in the shower or in the tub, you, because you don't want to just let the water run. Like the Philippines sometimes doesn't have the infrastructure in a lot of places. Just let the water run because that's mm-hmm. gallons per minute, right? And that's, they don't have like the systems for that. So we use a literally a bucket called a tabo. And it's literally just a bucket that you <laughs> wash your wash yourself with. So you take the water, put it in a big ass bucket, and then you just like, <laughs> you know, dr- drench yourself with it. And that's how you rinse yourself out. And then... um my mom used to collect like the the buckets from that the casinos used to give out with their coins yeah. and she used to wash it, rinse it out and then put it in the shower for us to use. But Aww. in the Philippines and then yeah, it's so funny and but we stopped doing that, you know, when we became, I don't know, we got into like junior high or high school and like you don't need this anymore. And then the Philippines like they still shower that way. Yeah. As a way to preserve water. Yeah. So it's it's just interesting how um a lot of things that I used to do when I was younger, like they're still doing in the Philippines for one reason or another. Mainly, I think a lot of things, a lot of it is like structural, right? Like uh, they bucket flush there also, which, you know, I mean, we didn't used to do that here in the U.S., but it is, I think a lot of it is what I expected it to be. And I was excited to experience that. It's always curious to me to really go find the locals, live with them for a few weeks, even a few days and see how they really, really live. And it's always interesting comparing lifestyles, whether it's like showering with a bucket or not, like bucket flushing the toilet or not, you know, sitting in the middle of the jungle eating versus like sitting in the middle of your air conditioned kitchen eating. I just, I knew what I was getting into going to the Philippines. I'm kind of excited that I got to to experience it just because it's it's a simple life in a lot of places there you know yeah 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 (laughs) what were your if you have a like a favorite memory or two that you want to share from being there what would it be oh okay I think two favorite (laughs) two favorite memories because I tell one of them's a tradition one of them's kind of a funny story tradition this is kind of cool and I don't know how I don't know if this is still going on with COVID. Maybe, maybe only in your close circle of friends. But I, I met these three girls at a hostel, locals, local Filipinas, and they're like, "We'll take you out to like the food market, and then we'll go to this like little bar that has dancing." I'm like, totally down. Now I have new friends on the island of Cebu, which is one of the biggest, most populous islands there. And when we were at the bar, they got like a forty ounce thing of beer, and then a small little, maybe like an eight ounce glass. And what we do, there was four of us, you each pour a little, one at a time, you pour a little into the glass and then you sip it, you take your sip. And then you share that glass and that beer bottle um, and everyone does the same thing. And it's 
pretty much for two reasons to ensure that no one's poisoning the glass and two that you're focused on like the conversation and being present rather than like on your phone so i kind of love that in the filipinos like massive sharing everything right so i thought that was a cool tradition i'm like oh my god one 40 ounce bottle of beer one glass and we all take turns like drinking out of it this was like pre like a month before yeah you started (laughs) (laughs) but i thought it made me feel like close to them the fact that i was a complete stranger even though i am like filipino-american they're like oh she's one of us i'm a complete stranger they just literally picked me up at a hostel but the fact that they're like well we trust her in this little like drinking circle yeah that was kind of cool yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's an interesting tradition because that after that it happened a few more times in different circles of friends that I was like invited to drink with so I was like wow this is like an actual Filipino tradition that people do (laughs) yeah I like that I like that a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) I mean like when you I I definitely have shared drinks with people before like I think it makes sense it's cute yeah Definitely, definitely. And I do like how it's like the focus is like, like, be here and now don't be like on your phone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the second story I have is about a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were in my stepmom's hometown of Barobo, which is on Surigao del Norte. Um, and it's like Mindanao group of islands. So the south of the Philippines. And um, her hometown, it was just installing Wi-Fi when I was there. (laughs) So it was really like out in the provinces, like dirt roads everywhere. They were just opening up their first 7-Eleven a few months after I got there. Um, and 7-Eleven's big in Asia. I'm not sure if you yeah. know that, but oh yeah, <laughs> massive. I've yeah, talked massive about it before. <laughs> I love 7-Eleven. When I was in Asia, I spent too much time. Like every time I saw one, I needed to see what snacks they had. Yeah. The grilled cheese is amazing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it was this town that was still developing really, but they had an amazing like river, a waterfall, a lagoon, a lake, like beautiful nature anyways my dad and I were staying up late one night watching a movie and I was like we're perpendicular couches to each other and I saw like a cockroach hopping across the tile floor and it was headed straight for the bedroom and I was sharing because the house is tiny I was sharing a bedroom with my um my dad and stepmom they were in one bed I was in the other but I knew in my head my luggage was wide open in that bedroom And I'm like, see this cockroach hopping? And I screamed and I put my feet up. And my dad, like, when he, whenever he goes back to the Philippines, he reverts back to his, like, true Filipino roots, right? (laughs) So first thing he does, tells me, shut up, Leah, don't scream. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, my God, Dad. And then, like, Spider-Man reflexes, I'm not even kidding, he sprints to the door and slams it shut and the cockroach doesn't get in. And I'm like, oh my, first off, how did you get to that door so fast? It's like 15 feet away. (laughs) And second off, um, thank you. (laughs) And the reason he didn't want me to scream is, well, one, the house is sleeping. But two, if they were awake and I screamed, we have this word in Tagalog. It's, um, it's, the word is ma'arte. So it means Uh kind of like, hmm, 
what's the technical term for it? It's kind of like fancy, snobby, like kind of too good for things. Yeah. And so, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Aaron. My dog is clawing at the door. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Let me finish the story. But um, basically, yeah, he, he didn't want me to sound so ma'arte by screaming and being like, oh my yeah. God, this cockroach on the ground. And so he, the lesson is basically pretend you're not phased buy cockroaches when you go to another developing country (laughs) yeah oh I know because I was that person in Cambodia who went to the desk in the hostel and was like I need you to come and kill this cockroach (laughs) my friends and I and this was like we'd only been we'd been in Cambodia for like two weeks it was our first time in Asia and we just like we hadn't acclimatized yet to like mm-hmm. the size of bugs in southern climates. We do not get cockroaches that size like in Ontario. They just oh don't exist. Gosh. And no. so we were having a total meltdown. And thank God this like Cambodian guy was like, yeah, I'll help you. But he was laughing his head off the whole time at how ridiculous we were. And he's probably like, <laughs> if I clean this up, if I get rid of this, there's going to be 10 more waiting. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. I have been to the Netherlands now a couple times. Thankfully it's not as far a flight as the Philippines. So I've been able to squeeze in a few more trips. Um mm-hmm. I actually went when my um school had student exchange in wow. university. I ended up nice. doing exchange in the Netherlands, which was amazing because it gave me like an excuse to live there and spend more time with family and like learn more about it. So um I'm really Very like happy cool. that I was able to do that. Um, but yeah, like throughout the time that I've spent in Holland, I would say that my understanding of my own Dutchness has changed mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> like I hadn't ever felt like I wasn't Canadian. Um, and I also want to say like, I think it's always been easy for me to feel Canadian because I'm white. And so no one has ever challenged me on mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. or not I look or sound or behave Canadian. Right. But experiencing the Netherlands like kind huh. of affirmed my Canadianness in a way <laughs> that it hadn't been affirmed before because it's kind of like being immersed in another country. I felt the differences more and I realized like these little things that I do, the shoes taking off thing, like that is a Canadian <laughs> thing. And I noticed that in the Netherlands because a lot of people in Holland don't take their shoes off. And so <laughs> moments like that, you're like, oh. I I am Canadian or like people making fun of me all the time for saying sorry like (laughs) you just you feel it more when you're Mm -hmm. outside of it I guess Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so yeah with all that said (laughs) did your American identity like did your feelings about it change at all when you finally got to go to the Philippines I just stuck out like a sore thumb (laughs) (laughs) even though I literally look like a Filipino First off, I'm like half a foot taller than everybody, men and women, and I'm about 40 pounds heavier too. And like, that's just to say because they're tight, like they're petite. They're so, everyone's like a small frame. I think Southeast Asia, a lot of Southeast Asians in general have like a more petite, like a smaller frame. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like, you know, I'm a normal, like five, five average height of the American woman like mid-sized body, this is normal in in yeah. the States or Canada, right? But in the Philippines, I felt huge. <laughs> I felt huge and I felt tall. And and the fact that when there were when they would do things or say things, and because I don't know the language, a lot of it for me would be a blank stare. 
And so I'm like, wow, I am really not Filipino. I'm really not. I mean, I'm not from the Philippines. I'm like truly Filipino American. I have no idea what they're talking about, you know? So there were moments, yeah, where I was just like out of my element and I'm like, "Uh, do I belong here? (laughs) You know? Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So I guess like ultimately I know that I'm not like truly Dutch but the Netherlands is still like definitely part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I think like about how identity isn't whole. And I kind of touched on this like in the beginning with that question about home. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it's kind of made up of all these separate pieces that come together from our cultural backgrounds and our family histories and et cetera to sort of make up this like puzzle of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious how, like, you would factor your Filipino heritage into, like, your larger identity. I definitely consider myself, like, I very much use all the time Filipino-American. Because people are always going to ask. They're, like, they're going to be, like, curious about where my dark hair and dark features come from. So my mm-hmm. fil- my parents are from the Philippines. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I definitely try to research on my own now that I'm an adult. And try, I purposely try to fit it into my culture not just the taking the shoes off in the house but more like okay what was our history like like why do we have so much influence from the Japanese the Spanish the British the Americans you know why have the Philippines been speaking English for 120 years like these are all things that I went to go and find out on my own so I am proud of my culture and now it's up to me like I go and support these bakery pop-ups I go and support Filipino artists like now it's up to me to kind of solidify that like first generation Filipino are those Americans and and make sure that like we are seen and heard and can feel comfortable being part of both cultures these days so mm-hmm. that's how it fits into my life like it's very much part of me but it's like I said feel being Filipino American is very different than being like Filipino in the Philippines <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure and I think that's like true for basically like any Anyone who's, like, oh, part yeah. of a, like, anyone who's migrated, essentially, or is, like, a child of a migrant or grandchild, even, because you have those roots, but, like, they're not, you're still, you're not part of that country, really. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm saying this, but. Yeah, you just grew yeah. up, I mean, you grew up in a different area completely. Like, you mm-hmm. still bring some of the traditions, but it's not going to be everything, because now you're just, like, creating a mixture, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because <laughs> you're growing up, yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to bring up um, are these tours that have um, become like more popular, I would say, like I've definitely noticed people talking about them more in recent years. And they're tours that bring people back to their homelands. Um, so for example, I just wanted to look one up to give an example. Mm-hmm. Um, the company Black and Abroad operates group tours to Ghana and Senegal. And one of the co-founders of the company, Eric Martin, said in an interview for Travel and Leisure that for people on the tours, um, quote, making a pilgrimage to these West African countries, seeing the sites, hearing the personal accounts of our African ancestors directly from their surviving descendants creates a cathartic connection. So I think especially for people who've been displaced, um, some through force, like through the slave trade or, sorry, like through the slave trade, heritage tours can be really therapeutic. 
And the article quotes Brian Oliver, who's a Baltimore-based nonprofit director who visited the five African countries that matched his DNA. Um, and he says that the trips have made him feel more in touch with himself and his culture than ever before. Um, so yeah, and now they have these tours, like I know they run them bringing Armenian Canadians back to Armenia. Um, oh, yeah, so cool. like that's, there's a lot of Armenians in Toronto, actually. Oh, really? Um, what, that's yeah. funny because LA is the Armenian capital of the US. Oh, no way. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, tons Kardashians of Armenians there. here. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of Armenians here, and they yeah. like run half the city. Like they're just yeah. all, also an amazing culture, but they're, I feel like they're, it's, there's like, there are a lot of wealthy Armenians out here too. There are. Yeah. So, yeah. Good for them. Too. Yeah. <laughs> No, I actually know this because I used to work for an organization um, that did a lot of work in the Armenian community. Oh, uh -huh. um, very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, you can take those tours. There's also, of course, like, I forget what it's called, but Israel, like, famously has a tour that brings people back. Yeah. What is it Birthright. 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 So, yeah. Literally the coolest program. I think, yeah. I feel like, honestly, every country should have that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it, it does, like, help people to feel like connected to a culture that they've been displaced from, which is really important. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, did traveling to the Philippines make you feel more in touch with Filipino culture? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was so curious about it before. That's why I finally just said, you know what? I'm just going to go do it without my parents because who knows what tomorrow yeah. will bring. It could bring a pandemic. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, unfortunately, yes. So it definitely did. And I think it's cool because I had one parent there. So I felt like I learned a lot from him, uh, my father, but it'll be interesting if I have my mom there too. So hopefully, yeah. you know, I can go on another, a trip with her so she can show me like the Philippines through her eyes and whatnot. But I met so many people while I was there and met my extended family and my stepmom's side that I'm lucky enough that I will always have family to go back to and like places to visit while I'm there. And I just, I'm, I want to get to a point where the Philippines is like an annual trip for me. Yeah. So I just had such an amazing first experience that I'm like, all right, I'm ready to do this every year. Oh, <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. I hope you do get to. I hope one day you have a house there. And I know. And six months a year there. <laughs> that would be the life. But like you, okay, you mentioned earlier that um, your, who was it, your parents, your grandparents gave up their Dutch citizenship when they came mm -hmm. here. Well, in the Philippines, you can't buy property unless you have a... Um, a passport and the only way that I can get a passport is if my parents were still oh. citizens when I was born and they were not so now I'm like oh. okay now I gotta try to find whatever loopholes or get lawyers involved so I can like get help but eventually yes I'd love to get like a passport and buy property there I can buy yeah. I'm sorry land I can't buy land there I could buy property right but, right 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 mm -hmm. yeah it's complicated like going in and getting that document like after the fact because the same thing happened in our family obviously like at one point I was like can I get a Dutch passport mm -hmm. and um, I did look into it and they actually won't issue passports unless you give up the one you're currently holding oh you're kidding so Ugh. I would have to like I have the paperwork to do it but obviously I don't want to give up my Canadian citizenship yeah 
Yeah. But um, my partner actually is pursuing getting his Italian passport because mm-hmm. Italy will allow you to hold dual, but it's literally years. Like he has been on yeah. a waiting list for years and there's like lawyers involved. It's yeah. wild how complicated it is. Like I think oh it'll probably gosh. be like five more years before he actually gets the passport. <laughs> Does he speak Italian? No, like he'll, he'll like okay. little bits, but no yeah he wishes I heard he yeah does. I heard that was pretty <laughs> difficult too so oh yeah. good luck to him yeah I hope that happens because then if I marry him I can have an EU passport yes that's okay honestly because isn't Holland part of the EU <laughs> Netherlands part of the EU yeah. as well right that's yeah. what the, that's the only thing I'm thinking about Erin I'm like oh my gosh girl get that Dutch passport <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Um, so before we wrap up, I mm-hmm. wanted to circle back to talking about home. Um, why do you think traveling home to your country of heritage was so important for you? And like, why do you think it's important for children of immigrants in general? Hmm. Oh, that's so good. I just think that if we don't pass these traditions on and we don't try to keep your motherland alive through future generations it can all be lost to be honest and like I said earlier I feel like it's almost becoming lost on me that's why I'm trying so hard as an adult to to stay attached to it and stay open-minded and make sure to try to infuse it into myself and my niece and if I have kids and whatnot and I think it's it's a it's great for an understanding of the world and seeing how vastly different maybe a southeast asian country and Uh, a North American country are from one another, Mm -hmm. right? And when we understand those cultures, we understand each other as human beings and it's we have a more open-minded view of how the world works and how these differences are acceptable and appreciated and celebrated every day. So um, I wish I could have gone while I was younger, you know, but I had to make do with going, (laughs) going at 30 plus years old and you know, couldn't have asked for a better trip. But yeah, I do think it's important. Like I said, I want to take my niece. She's a quarter, a quarter Filipina, a quarter white and half Latina Mexican. And I'm like, we're taking you to Mexico and we're taking you to the Philippines. She's nine months old. She doesn't know it yet, but we're doing it. (laughs) I love it. There's such beauty in like the way that the world is sort of like blending. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I just think it's like really beautiful if we can like live like you living in America, being able to like bring this Filipino culture like into your life there and sharing it with like other people that, you know, like like I'm learning a lot right now chatting with you. And I'm sure other people that, you know, learn chatting from you. And it's just kind of nice, like that we can all share what we know about these homelands that we originally came from. It's something that I like really love talking to people about yeah I absolutely love talking about it and even just hearing about you know maybe your Dutch traditions and cultural differences too and like your trip back there I think that's so awesome because you would think oh like the Netherlands like they're in Europe like it's it's easy it's like some people would be oh it's it's like America no that's so wrong (laughs) yeah it's funny like I really thought that I wouldn't be culture shocked living there and I was like I yeah. definitely was <laughs> and but it's it's more subtle because like of course mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities between 
um, especially like Northwestern European countries and mm-hmm. North America. But there mm-hmm. are like very subtle differences that you really start to feel when you're living there. I don't think yeah. a tourist would pick up on it, but like even the famous Dutch directness. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. I've experienced so, a lot just making yes. Dutch friends on the road, too. I'm like, oh, whoa, yes. okay. Yeah, <laughs> very direct. And I lived with three Dutch girls and... It's very Canadian to be very um, emotional and sensitive, like to the way that people talk. (laughs) We're very passive communicators and Dutch people are the opposite. And so (laughs) I would like always have my hurly. I would always have my feelings hurt because they would be very direct about things about the household. Right. And in, in Canada, you're very like passive. Like I would go into the the kitchen and say hey Luke do you mind doing the dishes right in the Netherlands like my roommate would be like you didn't do the dishes do yeah (laughs) or Or not even you didn't do them just be like hey do the dishes (laughs) yeah yeah. I get that (laughs) and it was hard to adjust to that so little things like that it was kind Mm -hmm. of funny it impacted me more than I thought it would living there Um, because I think yeah people a lot of the time think you get to skip the culture shock in Europe but it's not always the case Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so before we let you go do you want to share with everyone where they can find you yeah thank you so much Erin for having me on this was a lot of fun and also brought back amazing memories and I felt like I learned a lot from you so (laughs) thank you for having me Um, but anyways Leah LA in flight on every social media platform you can think of I'm also the co-host of the ticket to anywhere podcast where we're helping you adventure from anywhere so you can find us on any podcast platform and we are also on YouTube Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. If you love travel as much as we do, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. Thank you all for your support so far. When you have the time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your thoughts and feedback and it'll help others come across our episodes and hopefully be inspired to travel and adventure anywhere.